Masechus Maisis Perik Beis Mishnah Gimel until Perik Beis Mishnah Vov. As we have seen, one of the things which obligates produce in Maisis is if it is brought into one's house or one's courtyard, and so from that point onwards he cannot eat it even as a snack without first separating its tides. Now we saw in the previous Mishnah that this is only true with somebody who brings his own produce into his own courtyard. But if someone brings his produce into somebody else's courtyard, or somebody else's home, then that does not obligate the food in Maestras. Now this mission is going to define for us what exactly is considered a home. Certainly it does not mean that you have to own that house, but it means that you view that as your place of living for now. So the mission tells us that Hamara pays Managoli, Huda, one who brings up produce from the area of Eretz Yisrael called the Golil, to the area called Yehuda, meaning that his field is in Golil, and he plans on selling the produce in Yehuda. So in the previous parak we saw that if somebody intends to sell his produce in the marketplace, then it becomes obligated in Maestros already from the Geiren stage, from the end of the processing of that produce. The reason being that perhaps somebody will come to buy that produce for him before he gets to the marketplace, and so any minute now it could become obligated in Trumas and Maestros. And so he can't just wait until he gets to the marketplace. However, in this case, since he intends on only selling the produce in Yehuda, even if somebody comes to him earlier than that, he's unlikely to sell it to him because he wants to sell it in Yehuda. And therefore he does not become obligated in Maestros from the Geirin stage, rather only once he reaches that place of Yehuda. Or if he was bringing it up to Yerushalayim in order to sell it there, or perhaps to eat it there. Says the Mishnah, He is allowed to eat from that produce without separating Maestros until he reaches the destination to which he is going. And of course the eating has to be an Achilas Arai, a temporary eating, like a snack, and not a fixed meal. But the point is, even if he stays overnight somewhere, that's not considered the place of living. He's just looking for some shelter so that he can sleep. And so only the place where he sleeps in Yehuda, only that will be considered the place of living. The same would apply on the way back, meaning if he decides before he gets to Yehuda, he changes his mind, and he decides that actually I want to sell my fruit in Golil. So he turns around, and then on the way back to Golil, he stays somewhere overnight. So I might have thought that since he's already changed his mind once, it could be that if somebody asks him now if he can buy the produce, then he'll give it to him. He's more likely to change his mind this time, and therefore he should be obligated in Meister straight away possibly even before he reaches the place where he's sleeping overnight. As soon as he changes his mind once, perhaps he would be obligated, because now he's more likely to sell it to anybody who comes his way. But the Mishnah says that no, that is not the case, that since he is intending to now sell it in Golil, we assume that he will only sell it to somebody in Golil. So he can eat it temporarily until he reaches Golil. Now one thing we have not mentioned yet is Shabbos, because Shabbos is something which also obligates produce in Maestras. And the Tanakhama does agree that if at the, in the middle of his trip comes Shabbos, then all of the produce does become obligated in Trimus and Maestras. Rabbi Meir takes it a step further, because Rabbi Meir, Omer Rabbi Meir says, he's only allowed to eat the produce without separating Maestras, until he reaches the place where he's going to spend Shabbos. But as soon as he reaches that place, and brings his produce into that place, all of the produce becomes obligated in Maestras, the reason being that although it's true that if you're staying somewhere overnight on the way to Yehuda, that is not considered your place of living, you just need some shelter for the night, when it comes to the place where you're going to stay for Shabbos, there people generally don't just want shelter, you want to make sure that it's a nice place, and you do consider it your living place at least for those few days. So according to Rameyer, that is considered more permanent, and therefore as soon as you reach that place, the place itself is what is going to obligate the 
produce in the tithes even before Shabbos comes in. Alright, continues the Mishnah. Peddlers who go to and fro from different cities and travel around to lots of different people's houses in order to sell their wares. So certainly not every house which they enter into is going to obligate their produce in Trimus and Rysus because it's not their house and certainly not their house of living. The question is, what about the places where they're going to stay overnight? So the Mishnah says, they are allowed to eat the produce without separating Trimus and Rysus until they reach the place where they're going to stay overnight. And in this sense, the peddler is different to the person we had at the beginning of the Mishnah who was bringing up his fruit to sell in Yehuda. Because peddlers usually stay somewhere for a number of nights. They want to go to many houses in that area, so they're going to settle in one house for a few days. And therefore, for a peddler, the place where they sleep is considered their place of living. Now, Rabbi Yehuda is much more strict than Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, Habayis Horishon Hubeisai, the first house in the city which the peddler enters is considered his house of living. And so from that moment onwards, he can no longer eat the produce without separating Trumus and Miserus. And the reason for Rabbi Yehuda is because a peddler usually has a lot of things to carry. And so when he gets to a city, he is anticipating and hoping to stay overnight in the first place that he can see. And therefore when he enters and brings his produce into the first house, he's hoping that he'll end up staying there. So that expectation and anticipation is enough to make that house already considered to be his house of living, and therefore it obligates his produce in Trimus and Maestris, even if he ends up not actually staying there. Mishadal, we're now going to be introduced to another thing, another activity which can obligate produce in Trimus and Maestris, even if it hasn't been born into the house or it hasn't reached Shabbos, and that is separating the first of the tithes, which is Truma. The first tithe which is generally separated is Truma Gadoila, which goes to a Kohen. Now, at least according to the first opinion of our Mishnah, separating truma means that you view the produce as completed, because tithes only come into effect once the process is completed. So by you beginning a tithing process shows that you view this produce as fully processed, even ready to be eaten, and therefore you have to separate trumas and maestros immediately. And in fact, this even applies to produce which somebody took truma from before the full process was completed. Even from that point, Rebilezer forbids one to eat that produce, even in a temporary manner without separating maestros, as long as it is processed somewhat. So of course, if you haven't even threshed the stalks, and it's totally not fit for eating, then even Rebilezer would agree that you haven't done anything, because clearly you don't view it as fully processed. But if, for example, it has been processed, it just hasn't been put into its container, or it hasn't been piled up, then Rebilezer says that by t- separating Truma, you are showing that you view it as fully f- processed and finished. Now the second opinion is the Chachomim, and the Chachomim agree with this principle, that separating Truma shows that you view it as ready to eat, and so just like bringing produce into one's home, separating Truma would obligate it in Maestris, but according to the Chachomim, this is only true if the produce is actually fully processed. So if you took truma from produce which was not fully processed, then Rachom Matirin, the Rachom allow you to continue eating it without separating trumas and maestras. except for a basket of figs. We learned in the first parak that a basket of figs is only considered to be fully processed once it's covered up. Now since that last stage of covering up is a very small addition and in fact doesn't change the figs at all, so even the Chachom agree that if it's reached that stage of being all in the basket and then one separates truma, then that does show that he looks at this as fully processed and ready to eat, and therefore it would be obligated in Mises from that stage. 
But in other cases where there are more things to do before it will be fully processed, the Chachom holds that Truma does not obligate it in Maestras. However, there is a third opinion, because Kakolas Te'enim Shetroma, a basket of figs which has not yet been covered and someone separated Truma from it, Rabbi Shimon Mater, Rabbi Shimon still allows you to eat an Achilas Arai without separating Maestras, and as we saw before, Chachom Eshem, the Chachom forbid it. And the reason for Rabbi Shimon is that he totally argues with this whole concept of Truma obligating something in Maestras. Says Rabbi Shimon, it's illogical that something which is totally untithed can be eaten without separating Trumas and Maestras, yet something from which one tithe has been separated, all of a sudden you can't eat it anymore. Tithing in general allows you to eat something, so it can't be that in this case tithing forbids you to eat it. And therefore Rabbi Shimon says that taking trimmer from something does not obligate it in Maestras, even if it is fully processed. Mishnah Hay, another method which obligates food in Maestras is if it is sold. And we're going to have a very similar machlekes between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda as the machlekes we had between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachomim in the previous Mishnah. According to Biliezer, separating truma obligates the food in Maestras even before it's reached its Geiran stage, where its process has been completed. Whereas according to the Chachomim, they would only obligate it in Maestras after the Geiran stage has been reached. So we're going to have exactly the same achleiks over here, although with a slight complication. Says the Mishnah, one who says to his friend, Heloch Isor Zeh, here is this Isar coin, and give me back in return for that coin five figs. And he's buying five figs which have not yet been detached from their tree. And then the owner gives him the, the fruit, says the Mishnah, he is not allowed to eat any of the figs until he separates Trimus and Maestras. Did Rabbi Meir, that is the opinion of Rabbi Meir, that even though figs are only considered processed once all of the figs which he wants have been collected, which in this case is five figs, the five figs which the owner is picking from his tree and giving to the buyer. But according to Rabbi Meir, even once he's got, let's say, one fig, so therefore it's not considered fully processed, already from then it's forbidden to eat that fig without separating Trimus and Maestras. Now Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that selling it only obligates it in Trumas and Maestras once its going stage has been reached. So you would think that according to Rabbi Yehuda, until the buyer has received all five figs, he's allowed to eat from the figs without separating Maestras. So even once he's received four figs, he could eat all of those without separating Trumas and Maestras. However, Rabbi Yehuda says slightly different. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Eichel achas achas potter. If he eats them one by one, so as he receives that fig, he eats it before receiving the next fig, then he can eat it without separating Trumas and Maestras. But in Seraph, if he combines even two of them, then Chayef will be obligated. And the reason for Yehuda is because as soon as you've received two, he considers that its going stage. Because two figs are considered significant enough that it's sort of like its own part of the sale. It's as if he's selling him these two and the rest of them, but separately. Since two are significant in and of themselves, and therefore it's still considered a complete sale of two figs once he's got the two figs. And so already from that point, he would not be able to eat them without separating Maestras first. Oh, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said in order to prove his point that you're allowed to eat individual figs or other fruit even after buying them without separating Trumas and Maestras. Oh, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, Maestras begins for Rodim. There was a store which occurred with the Rose Garden, Shaisab Yerushalayim, which was located in Yerushalayim. And figs were sold, three or four figs, for the price of an Isar. And the owner would pick figs off the fruit and immediately give them to the buyer. And it was a known fact that that Trumas and Maestras were never separated from those figs which were bought from that garden. Now, according to Rabbi Meir, that doesn't make sense, because any sale obligates the fruit in Trumas and Maestras. 
But according to Yehuda's opinion, that if you eat them one by one, you are exempt from separating Trumas and Maestras, this story does make sense. So the buyers were obviously careful to eat them one by one, and not take the next fig until they had had that fig, and therefore this supports Yehuda's opinion that by eating one by one, they will be exempt from Trumas and Maestras. Mission above. We saw in the previous Mishnah that according to Meir, any time one buys produce from the owner of the field, if the owner is the one who detaches the fruit from the tree, then the fruit cannot be eaten without separating Trumas and Maestras. However, in a case where the buyer was the one who detached the fruit from the tree, it's not necessarily true that the produce is considered completed and ready to eat, because the owner never did that last stage. And so the Mishnah says that according to everybody, even Rabbi Meir, and who says to his friend, Here is this Isar coin, for ten figs which I myself will choose and cut off the tree myself. So then, he is allowed to choose it and eat it without separating Trimus and Maestras, because since he was the one who cut it off the tree, the sale does not necessarily indicate that the produce is totally finished. Maybe had you not bought that, the owner would have kept it on the tree and grown for longer. And so you are allowed to eat them one by one without separating Trumas and Maestras. However, if you cut off more than one, then already we consider those two to be significant, just like in the previous Mishnah. And then for in that case, you would be obligated to separate Maestras from that produce straight away. Now the same would apply if Be'eshkel Sha'avarli, if he buys a cluster of grapes, which I will choose myself and detach himself, Megager Ve'eichel, then he is allowed to detach each individual grape one at a time and eat it without separating Trumas and Maestras. But if he detaches more than one at a time, then he will be obligated to separate the Maestras. If he buys the pomegranate which I will choose myself, then he is allowed to detach individual seeds one at a time, and eat it without separating the Maestras. And if he buys a watermelon which I will choose for myself, and detach from the ground myself, then he can slice one piece at a time of the watermelon, but if he has more than that at a time, if let's say he slices the entire watermelon, and only then eats it, then you would have to separate Trumas and Maestras, because a watermelon is never eaten whole. So we view each slice as an individual part of it, and therefore he would only be exempt from Trumas and Maestras if he eats each individual slice by itself before cutting the next slice. Now we're about to learn something which seems to contradict everything we've said, because the end part of the Mishnah teaches that if somebody buys produce which is still attached to the ground, then the sale of the produce does not obligate it in Trumas and Maestras. So you'd be able to eat it temporarily, even many at a time, without separating Trumas and Maestras, until he brings it into his house, or until he separates Truma, like we've seen until now. But the sale itself does not obligate it in Maestras, if the fruit was still attached to the ground when it was sold. However, the reason why so far in the cases we've had in this Mishnah, he is not allowed to eat it without separating Maestras, he's only allowed to eat it individually one at a time, is because the buyer did not specify which fruit he was buying, which means that it only became apparent which fruit he was buying when he detached them from the tree, which means that the sale only really took effect once he had cut them off the tree, which means he was really buying produce which was not attached to the ground, and that's why the sale would obligate them in Trimus and Maestras if he eats more than one at a time. However, but if the buyer said to the owner of the field, I want to buy Be'esim Te'enim Elu, these 20 figs, so he specifies which ones he wants, or Bishnesh Kalis Elu, these two clusters of grapes, Bishnei Ramonim Elu, these two pomegranates, Bishnei Vatichim Elu, these two watermelons, and then he goes and separates them from the ground, 
or from the tree, since it was obvious and apparent which ones he was buying, whilst they were still attached to the ground, so that's when the sale took effect. So Ichel Kadaiko Potter, he is allowed to eat regularly, even many at a time, and he'll be exempt from separating Trumus and Maestras, as long as it's still an Achilas Arai, a temporary eating, because he bought something which was attached to the ground. And when buying something which is still attached to the ground, the sale does not ob- obligate the food in Trumus and Maestras, and the reason for this is because when one buys produce which is attached to a tree, or the ground, it's like he's buying a portion of that tree. Not the actual produce, which means that when he detaches it from the tree, it's as if he's got his own tree, and he's processing the fruit himself, so then it only becomes obligated once he brings it into his house, or once it reaches Shabbos, or something like that happens, but it certainly does not automatically become obligated in Maestras.